Welcome to the five questions for a field service expert podcast. This is the show for field service professionals where we dig into the big questions about field service delivery and management. Every episode, we ask a field service expert five questions that can help you do your job better. We have Manuel Khan with us today, founder, chairman, and CEO of Field Nation. With a background in programming and data analysis, Mainul founded Field Nation about 10 years ago when he identified a need for a contingent workforce platform for field service companies. And over the years, Field Nation's become the place to source, manage, and engage an on-site workforce across a range of industries. Uh, field Nation is a vast database of highly skilled technicians ready to tackle just about any type of work order. Companies can search for technicians across the country, post work orders, and manage projects all within the platform. Manuel, welcome. We're glad you're with us today to spend a few minutes on five questions. How are you? Thank you. Thanks for having me. Hey, it's our pleasure. Well, we have five questions for you, Manuel, as we do for all of our field service experts. Are you ready to get going? Uh, yes. Good deal. So first question I have for you, Manuel, is uh, around trends in the industry. What are some of the biggest trends you're seeing today in field service? There has been a lot of M&A activities going on, uh, consolidation happening, and I think it's coming from um, the rising economic pressure, uh, um, you know, bigger organization uh, buying out, um, you know, smaller organization and creating newer capabilities, new service footprints, uh, but also a, a lot of uh, merger between uh, larger or larger organization. But then um, there are a few other trends that's also happening. Uh, the other trend would be you know, lots of uh, managed service providers and uh, third-party maintaining companies. They're also adding new capabilities to uh, sell hardware, where, you know, not just the services that they provide but also start selling hardware to compete with the OEMs. On the other side, we're also seeing uh, the OEMs and the VARs and the secondary resellers, they're adding service capabilities, um, not just selling their, you know, the hardware, but also adding service on top of them. Um, and, and the last major trend, I would say, um, you know, a lot of companies are looking to optimize their service margin by using contingent workforce. Um, the uh, older tradition to um, outsource to a, a big uh, service organization or having a large uh, W-2 full-time uh, technician base is not economically feasible. So we are seeing a lot of companies are trying to optimize their services uh, by using continued workers. So you mentioned a couple things there, Manuel. I want I want to zero in on uh, in in my next question. The first uh, for next questions, I should say. The first one is around those those economic um, uh, forces that that you you referred to. How can companies in this in this market respond to those economic pressures? So, as I mentioned, that one uh, major economic pressure for field service organization is having the um, field force, field workforce, right? Um, and how do you optimize it? You know, how do you know 
when to have a full-time employee, when to have a contractor and a vendor, um, how to blend it properly and optimize it. Uh, the solution is not to just go all uh, contingent, all full-time, and uh, knowing how to blend it, how to optimize it properly uh, to respond to customer need is really, really critical. And we're seeing that in a lot of companies are uh, adopting, as we call it, this blended workforce, uh, where uh, they can optimize it based on their uh, customer's need, but also expand their service footprint. Um, so for example, um, you know, instead of sending a W-2 from Georgia to Oregon, uh, companies are finding contract technician in the in the area that needs to that needs to work done. Um, so we're seeing a lot of creative way companies are expanding their services reach. So on that on that uh, front of uh, a blended workforce, how how do you envision uh, the future of the way contingent labor is used and 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 deployed? Um, so look, I think this is this is the mega trend. Um, uh, just to give you a, a little bit of um, uh, statistics here, um, in 2005, there there were about 14 million contractors in the U.S. and today that number is 60 million, six zero workers contractors in the U.S. Uh, market in the U.S. workforce. And that number is that's number going to continue to grow uh, in foreseeable future. So what what's happening is that um, for field service organization that requires unique set of skills, it, it's simply impossible to have that right skill and the right time at the right place. Uh, you know, it's going to be really impossible. And so what's happening is that you know companies um, are depending more on contingent workers and there are uh, certain class of technologies that are enabling the field service companies to identify the right skill set uh, in the right place at the right time uh, to to make that make that connection happen and get that job done within that time frame within their budget so, so you've isolated uh, obviously a pretty acute um, market problem, and, and there, it's it's multifaceted. How so? So for those companies that do use contingent workers, given the fact that the number has grown fourfold over, over the years, how do you expect companies to know that they're sending the right technician with the skills that he or she needs to handle the the nuances of a particular job um, at, at a job site? Yeah, that's a really good question. So there, there are a couple ways to do it. Um, and this is probably the biggest concern. What you mentioned is the, the biggest concern when it comes to using the contingent workers. Um, and um, so if you need low skilled worker, you probably don't need as much vetting. But when you need high skilled workers for more complex job, it's absolutely paramount. It's absolutely critical to make sure that the technician
technician has the right skill and the right experience to do the job. And there are some uh, technologies out there, marketplaces like Field Nation, that been uh, um, uh, you know, uh, uh, mastering this, uh, you know, technicians' uh, experience data and skill data, their credentials data, and when you go to uh, you know a technician's profile, you can actually see every job that they have ever completed, uh, their skill sets, their certifications, licenses, and all that kind of stuff. And so that is a very good place to start. But I would say what is um, also really important for these companies is to end of the day to build up a trusted network of technicians and engineers across the country uh, that they have relationship with so, so that they can avoid using random technician and engineers every, every single time they have a need. And a platform like Field Nation um, can make that connection really easy and help manage that relationship um, uh, really easily on an ongoing basis. Well, that makes a ton of sense, and I suppose I, I suppose that's actually a perfect way to sort of segue into my final question about meeting um, meeting contracts and, and meeting SLAs. When it comes to multi-site um, services, why are so many organizations struggling to meet those SLAs? Is it because the the, the contingent workforce is so multifaceted and hard hard to schedule, or what what is what is the underpinning there for you? I think. It comes down to uh, probably a couple things, but the first major issue is communication and coordination. When it comes to multi-site, large-scale rollout, you know, across the nation, you know, to that nature, um, it, it's a lot of uh, coordination and coordination between uh, between your customers. Uh, between the end users, between the technicians in the field, uh, and then optimizing your workforce and the contractor workforce. Uh, and then, you know, the, the communication needs to be almost real time. If anything changes at the field, that needs to come back uh, to you and to the technicians and to the, to the partner and the customer almost right away. And so the first issue um, you know, is that communication and coordination. And then the second thing I would say is that, you know, because of that scale uh, and unpredictable nature of when you're going to need the technician, uh, you know, where and where, when and where you're going to need the technician is not, not always uh, predictable. And that makes finding the qualified talent at the right time and at the right place very very difficult and and as you know that for a lot of these jobs there's just not enough lead time you know you need you know your uh, machine is um, is not functioning properly and that need to be fixed and it need, need to be fixed today uh, a few hours from now that the customer cannot wait you know uh, you know two three four five days for a technician to show up and do the job so finding the right qualified technician in such a short period of time uh, in this vast geographic area 
can be very, 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 very challenging. Well, Manuel, you've clearly thought through a lot of these uh, macro issues really thoroughly, and I, I appreciate your time today. Very, very fascinating uh, insight you provided. Thank you. It was fun. Good, good. You can learn more about Manuel and the work of Field Nation at fieldnation.com. Thanks for listening. For more expert views on field service, subscribe to the Mobile Reach blog at mobilereach.com.